This is the Young Gunners from Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and the United States. In this episode, we're your host, Reggie Wilson, Megan Harding, podcasting from Dallas, Texas. I will be talking with Kimberly Houston Drummond about diversity and inclusion. Welcome to the podcast, Kimberly. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So... I know that you're amazing and you've had this like totally amazing career, um, but I also know that that doesn't come without its um, challenges and, uh, you know, array of experiences. So we're excited just to talk to you about diversity and inclusion, your personal experience around that, as well as your professional tips. But just give us, start off, give us a little bit of information about um, your legal background and the different jobs that you've had and where you are now. Yes, great. So I am in my 15th year now practicing. Um, You talked about a little bit about diversity inclusion. I'll I'll probably end with that, but want to take you through the journey of what most of us, I think, are experiencing now when most of us women of color is who I'm speaking of. Um, I did start my legal career here in the DFW area. I started off at a smaller firm in Fort Worth, uh, and then I made my way to, they, they actually dissolved, and I made my way to Dallas to a regional firm and they dissolved. Now, I left before they yeah. dissolved, but they, they did dissolve. And then I made my way in-house, and then they uh, and then I experienced a layoff. So there were some there were some hills, hills and valleys there. Um, and then I found my way back into a law firm, so I have the experience in the law firm and in the corporate setting. And finally today, I'm with a Fortune uh, 100 company that I'm very excited uh, to be with and, and very happy in my career. So I think I finally have found where I need to be. Um, some of the things, one of the things I wanted to start off by talking about uh, is when, when a young lawyer starts out their career, um, particularly I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak to the people of color for now yeah. uh, and the women. Um, one thing that I would suggest is to, to immediately find yourself a mentor or a sponsor. Um, if you don't have that, a lot of times the big firms will come in and they'll assign somebody to you. But if you don't have the luxury of starting out at a big firm, you need to be very proactive and deliberate about finding that person for yourself because that's the person that's going to help you transition where you need to be because a lot of times we don't know as young lawyers coming into the profession where we're going, what we want to do, what area of law. And so that person will be that person that kind of guides you through and kind of helps you figure that out because as we all know in law school, you you don't know. You you just get a general degree. You don't know where you're going. And so, you know, so that, that would be my first thing and that is something that I didn't do right off it I took me a while to do that to, to figure that out and once I figured it out it, it was smooth sailing from there but it took a few years so when discussing mentor versus sponsor can you give our listeners a brief description of each one of those and maybe potentially how they could find those yeah so, and they are different um, a mentor is somebody that's going to actually help you grow they're going to try they're going to groom you from the beginning and so they're going to tell you you know these are some certain traps that you should avoid these are certain things you should venture to and that person just just like i said mentor grooms you now a sponsor is that person that um is going to speak on your behalf and is going to advocate for you uh that's the person that you normally would get after you've been mentored um now there are instances where that person is the same person Personally, I would recommend you have two people. You'd have a mentor and a sponsor. And that, again, that person will, will, will advocate on your behalf. And, and that is something you need to find as a young lawyer. Yeah. If you can. 
And that's true for, I think, um, all young lawyers. Um, your husband actually was my mentor. Um, but, but I, you know, wanted to kind of talk about why in particular it's important for people of color and for women of color um, to have that um, person in a law firm from the perspective of one, someone to, to mentor you, but maybe also someone um, that even if they haven't lived your same experience, has um, sympathy for it and can understand kind of maybe some of the unique challenges that you might face that, that might just be unique to people of color or women. And I think you just said it. Um, basically, you know, a lot of the law firms are not as diverse as they could be. We still have a long way to go. Companies are doing a good job, and, and they have a long way to go. But because they are they are not diverse in the law firm, let's talk about them for a minute, you do need to find that person that can that can help advocate for you because you, you have nobody that looks like you or you have very few that look like you. And that's where the diversity and inclusion becomes so important because if the firm doesn't believe in that or if they don't understand it, they're not going to understand the need for it. So, um, you know, that mentor, that sponsor would be that person that can recognize that that is you're in a place that doesn't have what, what you need to grow. And then they would, you know, they would be your advocate or, or maybe even help you navigate those waters. Because a lot of times, you know, that may be the place for you as a person of color or a woman of color. But you don't know where you're going in that in that environment. So that mentor, that sponsor can help you navigate that environment. Um, a lot of times, the men, people have the misconception that a mentor or sponsor needs to look like you. That's not true. Right. Yeah. Matter yeah. of fact, you probably don't want them to look like you. Um, for these, you know, for, right. in the situation that I just described, and so that yeah. person again will understand your need as a sponsor or mentor and help you navigate the waters that you're in and, and help you succeed in the environment you're in. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that they have to look like you. They just have to really believe in you. Um, and be willing to fight for you. I know that, like, over the course of a 15-year career, being in firms and then being in-house, um, you know, that you've probably experienced some some good things around diversity and inclusion and some bad things. So you could just tell us a little bit of your experiences around that. You don't have to give any names um, and, yeah. you know, any anecdotes that you want to share. Yeah, I actually have a, a short story. Um, so early on in my career, and I guess I would have been about a four or five year lawyer at that time, second, second firm, um, the, the word diversity became kind of fresh and innovative. And this was probably around the 2006 time period. Uh, and one of our firms was trying to get um, business from a, from a company. And that company had expressed the need to have some diversity uh, within the law firm. So I was approached to go on the pitch. They did a photo shoot. They did a bio. They put me in the, you know where I'm going with this? You're not, uh, they put me in the magazine, and I was so excited as a young lawyer, and I thought, I'm going to get to do this big pitch. Um, I went on this this uh, pitch, and they talked about how they were, you know, they were dedicated. Our firm was dedicated to, to diversity and inclusion. And, and look, we have Kimberly Houston at the time, you know, is my name at the time, um, here, and she's going to be, you know, helping us with this. So we get the, we get the, the business, we get the client and I didn't see anything else. I never mm -hmm. worked on file. I never touched a file. I was never on a bill. I even went and proactively said, Hey, you know, that client we had, you know, what, have we gotten any business? And we had had a lot of business and they said that, you know, they, they had it covered. So <clears throat> that's an example of, you know, putting the front face on, but not really, walking the walk and talking the talk. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately that happens all the time. 
and I'm going to kind of switch over and put my corporate hat on now. I'm a corporate counsel for Liberty Mutual uh, Group, and my area is employment and labor, and I cover probably about six or seven states from ballparking. And any of, any of those six or seven states where the company is having employee issues, I represent the company in those issues. One of the things we are very deliberate about at Liberty is if we are looking for diverse counsel or diverse outside firms, they need to be legit. Okay, mm-hmm. so if we're interviewing you and you put a Kimberly Houston in front of me, I need to see her on the bill and I need to see her working the case um, with the partner. If she's not a partner, what have you. If not, then we we thank you, but no thank you. We don't need yeah. your services because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we want to be deliberate about it. That's what diversity inclusion is all about. And if you don't, it starts with the in-house companies. If they don't make the push and really hold law firms to the standard, you're not going to see a change. And I don't think it was time back in 2006. I don't think people really were dedicated, frankly, to the cause. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people held people accountable. And I think that we're seeing a shift now in 2018 with, with companies holding these firms accountable and firms really waking up and seeing that. How have you seen firms responding to this now in your position as corporate counsel? Are they more open to it now that client demands are higher? I mean, what are the effects? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it starts with us, us being mm-hmm. corporate counsel. Yeah, they are, they get it. Uh, and they see that if they are not doing that, they're not getting the business. It's that simple. Um, and there's a lot of you're, a lot of panels. You're hearing a lot about it. You're hearing speakers right. come in. Um, companies are bringing speakers in. They're talking to their employees about it. Um, you see law firms showing up at these events, listening. I was uh, spoke on a panel a couple of months ago, and, and the title was was a diverse. Well, I don't remember the exact title, but it was a diversity inclusion panel. And when I looked out in the audience, we were all in house counsel sitting on the panel. I saw nothing but law firms, and and they had their pens in hand. I mean, they're ready, so sure. they know that this is this is real. This is happening, and you better get on or get off the train because that is how you're going to get your 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 bottom dollar. That's how you're going to get how you're going to get your clients. Excuse me. So, from corporate counsel perspective, you, you mentioned a story about how you were the face of this whole ad. Is there something along the lines where you guys uh, fact check to make sure that a certain group isn't put before you? And then also make sure that, well, yeah, that group is put before you, but they're also on the billable matters. The bill. Yes. Yeah. So when I get the bill, so, you know, in every company is different, but we see our bills. Uh, We have a, how our structure is currently, is we have a chief legal officer of Liberty. Then we have several general counsels that are of certain areas. So we have an SVP, a senior vice president, general counsel of employment law of uh, real estate, of commercial insurance, et cetera. What all the, all of the um, um, entities within our company and all of the services that we offer. Okay. So typically in corporations, you may have the general counsel review a bill. Well, in our corporation, if it's our case, our general counsel, my SVP of employment law, that's my group, allows us to review our own. Mm. bills yeah so it's going to come to me i have to approve it and if there's an issue it'll go to my supervisor so i see that i'm the first point of contact and if i know that we went after this particular outside firm because they told us something and we relied on it i need to see that person on the bill i need to know what's going on if i don't see them them on the bill i'm picking up the phone and asking what did they do right Mm -hmm. what was their role and that's how you're able to you know to hold them accountable so just being very active in your cases and I'm seeing that my counterparts and other uh, companies are doing the same thing. Yeah, I think you're kind of speaking to having a seat at the table 
a little bit. Um, and so what are some other ways just if you're in that position and you you are the person who's, you know, um, leading a section and you're a person of color, um, what are some ways that those people could help young lawyers? So you mean people in the corporations? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say to start with the networking piece of that. Um, young lawyers need to be very deliberate about being at the right place at the right time. Um, when I learned early on that I did not have that mentor sponsor, I just started getting out, putting on that suit. At that time, handing out that business business card. I don't think yeah. people hand out business cards as much. <laughs> I'm old school. I do. But just getting your face before those people because what they don't know, they don't know about you. And uh, out of sight, out of mind. So um, I would encourage young lawyers to get in front of, go to those events where you see corporate counsel, where you see the name senior vice president that's going to be a speaker there. Introduce yourself to that person. And you'll be very surprised how receptive uh, people are to, to, to talk to you. I think there's a lot of um, hesitation because, you know, you know, young lawyers think, well, they, you know, they, they can't help me or I can't provide anything. But you can because you're not going to be a young lawyer forever. Mm-hmm. And so building those relationships at that stage, being at those events, shaking those hands, telling people who you are, what you want to do, what you're currently doing, what you're wanting to go towards goes a long way and keep doing that. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a one time shot. It's it's a career move for you and it's an investment. It's a marathon and not a race. Um, and I say the same thing about diversity and inclusion. You know, that is something um that has to be worked on with companies, with firms, and you can't have a one-time event and think that things yeah, are right. going to change. Yeah, you know, you have to keep working at that. So, uh, same concept for young for young lawyers. They just you have to get out there and make yourself seen and and known, and and, and people need to know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know sometimes it can. It took me a while as well to kind of come around to the idea of of what it meant to network and to actually, you know, not just kind of show up and stand in the back and then, and call that a win, right. To actually get out there and just approach people with confidence. And that kind of loops back around to my earlier question of just like that internal struggle, um, within yourself of, of getting to the point where you have enough confidence, um, to really pursue, um, things the same way that maybe people have been told their whole life that they belong can pursue. So like, what do you think about overcoming that internal struggle? Yeah, that's hard because um, I think when I started out, I felt like you. I would go. It was not a problem of me getting out there, but then I'd be in the back of the room, right? <laughs> kind of looking and peering in. I wasn't walking up to that speaker and saying, hi, my name is Kimberly Houston. I'm, you know, four-year. I, w- I wasn't doing that. So that was just, it was one of those things that, that, you, that I had to reach down into myself and say, look, I don't have a mentor. I don't have a sponsor. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. If I don't get myself out there, you don't come out of yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. Um, You can, uh, you know, of course you can talk to people and say, hey, if you hear of an opportunity, X, Y, Z, but it's nothing like you being your own face. So, I mean, you just got to kind of just bite the bullet. And I think maturity helps yeah. with that too. Yeah, for sure. As, as you're in the as you're in the practice and you see things going on around you, you kind of just kind of find it in yourself to say, "Look, I just got to get out there and do it." Yeah. Yeah. I think um also like for me work buddies have been really so not the mentor, not the sponsor, but just like that work buddy at at the person that at work that's your friend mm-hmm. that you know like can come along with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's important as well. Mm-hmm. If you could go back and tell your younger self one thing to benefit your career today, what would it be? 
Mm, that's good. Um, take control of my destiny earlier than I did. Um, I probably did it too late, almost too late. There is a period of time when you're going from being a young lawyer to a seasoned lawyer or senior lawyer, and you're not marketable. There's a, there's a certain period of time. I'm trying to think. I want to say maybe that seven to nine to ten year. If you haven't found where you're going to be, that's a, that's a really hard period because you, you're old enough where, you, where firms are saying you should have business uh, and you don't. But you're young, you're too young to have a senior position in a corporation. So you're kind of floating. Mm -hmm. And so you need to make those make that change before you hit that that part. I didn't do that. And so if I had to go back and tell my younger self, I would say make sure you're getting to where you're going or, uh, you know, uh, front facing prior to those years so that you can float through those years and be where you need to be you know, grace of God and, and a lot of prayer and a lot of hard work got me back on track, but you can fall short during that time period. How important do you think it is to kind of hone in as a person who's kind of had a lot of different jobs in my short career? Um, how important <laughs> do you think it is to hone in and what's the sweet spot? Okay. I'm an employment lawyer. Mm-hmm. I am a appellate lawyer, you know, um, environmental, whatever, at what point do you just absolutely have to make a choice and kind of go full speed ahead? You know, I don't know that you do necessarily. Um, I I did pop around a a little bit. I knew I wanted to do employment law, but I couldn't get there, you know, for all these obstacles that we're talking about. I couldn't get there. So I was, you know, there was an opportunity in insurance defense. So I did that. There was an opportunity in trucking litigation. So I did. So I went where the opportunity was. So I don't know. And then I found the opportunity for employment law and I was able to stick with it. So I don't know that there's a set time that you need to find that area as much as it is being successful in what you're doing at the time. So that those, Mm. um, you know, those traits or those attributes can can carry over into where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So be open and work on your skill set. That's what I'm hearing. That's transferable. Absolutely. And so that when you do find that area that you want to hone in on, they can look at the history and they can see that you've been successful in those areas. Yeah. And I, th- I think um, so we've talked a lot about what lawyers can do. Um, we haven't talked as much about what firms can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what should firms be doing to show a firm commitment to diversity and inclusion. Now, there's like what you talked about, right? There's the event. And I think sometimes people mistake the event with the work. And that's not the same thing. The event is like a celebration of we, you know, value these things. But what we really want to see the value is in how you distribute the work and things like that. So, um, you know, what could firms or corporations like Liberty Mutual, which I think does a really good job, um, do to really get better at uh, diversity, inclusion, and kind of rooting out bias? Um, Yeah, so it's what I say, uh, what I call pipelines. Um, Pipelines need to be open. So firms, let's talk talk about firms first. They need to understand where that recruiting piece is. Um, So maybe go to some of the minority bar groups and start posting there. Um, Some of the conferences that, you know, have people of color, women, and other specialty groups where they're going to be represented and start start putting your feelers out there. And I would say the same thing for corporations. You know, if when we're going out and we most corporations have internal recruiters, 
And so those internal recruiters, and I think Liberty Liberty does a really, really good job of this. Um, they identify those areas where those where that diversity is. And they go out there and they send their recruiters out there and they say, okay, we're going to be on the normal um, avenues of um, what I'm calling pipelines, your uh, LinkedIn and some of those other places. But we're also going to be deliberate and in going into those areas where we're looking for these types of, of folks to see if they can be uh, a part of our application pool. So, again, it's being deliberate about this. It's not going to come uh, overnight and it's not something that, that firms are used to doing, but it's a new day. So they need to, they need to, they, we need, they need to be deliberate about those places to go and recruit. And, and, and it's easy. A Google search will get you there. I mean, they can find out where you are. Yeah. So yeah, that's easy. You just got to make yourself available and make yourself uh, known there. So Use the Google. Use the Google. Uh-oh. I, I do have um, a question. Like Liberty Mutual, from our discussions kind of offline, does a really good job about putting people of color in positions of power. And I think sometimes you can look at corporation structures or firm structures, and it's it, they might have the people of color, but none of them are in positions of power. Mm-hmm. So, could you talk to me about when what that has just meant for you as you know a woman of color, um, and you know what that I guess means for the company and how that's been? Yeah. So the the firms were are behind in the push. Um, being that I've been on both sides of that aisle, I see that the companies are and have been driving that push a little bit harder. So it's it's been, I won't say easy, I don't think nothing is easy, mm-hmm. but it's been a little bit, um, I guess, uh, it, it's been it's been an easier ride. So I guess I am using the word easy. It's been an easier <laughs> ride in the company to, to, to go up that chain. Um, Liberty, like everybody else, still has work to do. So I don't want to give the false illusion that we're there. No one is there. We still right. have climbing to do. But I don't think the firms do that. I don't think that they look at it and say, okay, we have you know, six partners here and we need to have an African-American woman here. I don't think that that's on their forefront. It is when the company says we're not hiring you unless we see one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, I don't think that that's just something that firms think of uh, right off. So that's where that mentor sponsor comes back in. Um, if if you find yourself in that and you're, you're a woman of color and you find yourself in that firm and you feel like you want to do something in that firm, you want to make your way, I think that's where that comes in. Now you're, you're talking to other senior associates. You're talking to your sponsor or your mentor who may know someone at that level. You're talking to the managing partner of that firm and you're saying, here's where I want to go. Let's have a conversation. I've been here nine years or six years and here's where I see myself. Here's what I bought in. Here's my value mm. that I have brought. And if you need to start pulling out those bills and, and pulling in client money, do that. I mean, sit down with those people and say, this is the value that I feel like I bring and I feel like I need to, to do something. We need to do something about that value. If they're not moving, then you need to leave. Don't yeah. don't don't stay. Um, that's the only thing that's going to get movement there. But And again, that's a different dynamic than a company, right? Because a company is a front face yeah. of, of, of media, you know, outlets of commercials. So everybody wants to see Liberty Mutual is very diverse. You know, look at all the people they have on their commercials standing next to the Statue of Liberty. That's more, <laughs> you know, that's more of a company front facing thing that we see as people that says, yes, I want to try that Liberty Mutual auto insurance. Firms don't have that visibility. You know, firms are just there to, to get it done, to get you out of that trouble. So because they don't have that, that um, push to be that face, they're not going to do it. So it's on it's on you. It's on you to kind of come in and make that wave and 
and push that for yourself because if not you could be just stuck yeah yeah that's good advice be your own advocate as well Mm -hmm. use your mentor and your sponsor when you can yeah trying to see if reggie has any more uh questions this has been really really great it's actually been informative for me (laughs) Um, so i'm gonna take this back to my firm as well (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I do think, you know, in whatever spaces we occupy, um, I'm in the nonprofit world. Nonprofit is no different. Um, we have the same issue um, when it comes to um, inclusion and maybe a different set of causes, but still we're facing the same issue. So I think in the spaces in which we occupy, you know, we do the best we can to bring other people along. Excellent. Yeah, it's great. So thanks for being here, Kimberly. This has been great. This is Megan and Reggie. We are recording, once again, the Young Gunners podcast from Dallas, Texas. The amazing Kimberly Houston Drummond. Um, And that's all, folks. Check us out anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, Subscribe, like, give us five stars only. I'm joking. We'll take four. But really five. (laughs) Yeah, really five. (laughs) Um, And until next time, thank you. Thank you.